Welcome to Marvel Vision, a podcast about Marvel, the MCU, and specifically right now, WandaVision. I'm Alex. I'm Justin. Come at you live from the most adult Marvel place I can, my daughter's bedroom. <laughs> Got the unicorn balloon popping in the background. We are ready to so here's what we're finding about taping these early episodes before we get in and talk about episode eight previously on. And this will give you enough time uh, to go watch the episode, check it out, because yes. we're going to spoil the, the heck out of it. Uh, but yeah, uh, taping these early in the morning, sometimes you tape stuff right in your daughter's bedroom. Sometimes yep. one of you, Pete, oversleeps. Could be. That could be. <laughs> Maybe. Mar- Marvel Vision is what happens when you get up um, uh, too early in the morning on a Friday to watch TV. Uh, <laughs> you have you develop Marvel Vision. Exactly. Uh, but as uh, in case that wasn't totally clear, Pete, our third member, did in fact oversleep. So we are taping this without him. I'm sure he will have many thoughts once he finally wakes up luxuriously at 10 a.m. Has oh, his uh, brunch breakfast. He usually has five eggs and uh, two biscuits, I believe. Yeah, I can't believe everyone thinks this is early. I'm up uh, like five, four or five in the morning every day, just checking to see if WandaVision is premiered. Um, even on a Monday or Tuesday, my calisthenics uh, prepare my farm fresh breakfast that I send out to Pete. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, I didn't sleep last night, basically. <laughs> I just kept waking up. And uh, now I'm totally jazzed because the title of the episode was previously on and I guessed it. I called it. I was going to say, like, Alex, uh, credit to you. So you couldn't sleep because you were so excited about getting the title right? I was Is nervous, that- honestly. Like, I was lying there, my brain going up like, well, what if it has this other title? What if the other title? What if I get it wrong this time? It's not going to be previously thought. This is going to damage my reputation for real. Your shattered reputation. You've never guessed correctly uh, yet so far. So I did get big... I did get now in color. So at this point, mm-hmm. I have a two out of eight, which is twenty five percent. Which is like I'm going to say what B plus A is that how that works out? Grade I believe was? that's how grading works. It's been so long. Uh, let me ask one of my daughters. It'll no doubt be bursting in here <laughs> any minute. Let's, uh, one other shout out that I want to make, an actual shout out before we get in and talk about the episode, a shout out to Rachel Thompson, who plays Major Goodner on the show, popped up in the last episode, yes. watched our last episode on YouTube, posted a little clip on her Twitter and was very nice about it. So uh, thank you for that. That was a very cool surprise. Well, we called her out as the big reveal, which she clearly was because she's such a nice person. There you go. Surprise. People are nice sometimes. Let's get into this episode. This is a big one. The overall plot, as you could probably guess from the title, uh, and also hopefully, again, watching it. From watching it. (laughs) Actually, when it's not called a guess when you just watch something and then know it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's very true. It's the ultimate Uh, guess. This is the big reveal episode. We walk through Wanda's entire history with the MCU, get a bunch of retcons there, thanks to Agatha Harkness, Catherine Hahn, officially playing witch, like straight up. Not like yes. I'm a science witch, but I'm a witch. witch Cackling Salem-based witch. Yeah. Uh, walks her through her history, therapy style, to try to find out how Wanda pulled off the hex. And a lot of the things that we thought were true turn out to be true. We were talking about this actually before we came on. So let's broad strokes before we get into any specifics, Easter eggs, theories, or anything like that. Uh, how do you feel about this? Uh, I I thought it was good. Um, I like the, the the sort of areas that the show's covering. I like the backstory they're building for um, for Scarlet Witch and sort of Vision. Uh, by the end of this episode, lands in an interesting place. I did think it was interesting that the big reveal by the end of the episode is sort of just knowledge we already had. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? Like um, to hear her be like, "You're the Scarlet Witch." Is like, yeah, we know. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, it's why we showed up here. Well, the funny thing about that end note, if we want to jump ahead to that last thing, is for comic book fans. I'm sure there's three levels of this almost, right? Like, there's comic book fans of like, yes, we've been calling you Scarlet Witch, even if you've been calling yourself Wanda Maximoff. So we know who you are from the comic books. There's also MCU fans who've been waiting for her to be called Scarlet Witch, and I'm sure a bunch of them were like, oh, shit, they said it, they said the words. So probably totally worked for them. And then there's the non-comic book fans who are like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) Yeah. Is that a big deal? Yeah. Scarlet? Which Um, is fine. It's all fine. But uh, I I don't know. I think what I liked about this episode is sometimes the reveals don't have to be it was Mephisto all the time or 30 layers of Easter eggs. One of the things the show, I think, has been doing really well is it's been layering in, like we've talked about here on the podcast, lots of different things all the time, different layers of Easter eggs for sitcoms, for MCU, for Marvel Comics, for everything. Some of them are just like color, you know, and some of them mean something. But in this episode, like they've been doing all along, they've kind of just been telling us what's been happening. You know, it's more about the outside world has been pulling it apart like we've been doing here when the show has been pretty straight up about what's happening. Yeah, I mean, I think that's sort of um, what Marvel does really well is like, no, we have a story we're telling and we're going to give you little tangential teases to light you up like the the Quicksilver casting. I think just lit everybody on fire when really it's just like I, I think that was what it was designed to do in that mm-hmm. in the in at least in this story. I mean, maybe it's going to be a way of dipping into the multiverse by having that be the choice there as a, lo- a larger plot choice. But I respect the move just as a like fun nod or poke to the fan base to be like, whoa, that they're doing it. They're doing the thing that they aren't doing yet. Well, but it got us, you know. To give a little behind the scenes on that, there was a talk that Kevin Feige, the head of Marvel Studios, yeah. did with the Television Critics Association this past week. Uh, and for those who don't know, this is a trade organization. The panels are very weird. They're not like Comic-Con panels or anything. It's basically just now virtually, but the people sitting there taking question after question and question from press, and that's it. It's not about announcements or trailers or anything. Um, and, but he did give some really good, interesting information about the process of WandaVision, and two of the things he mentioned, one, Evan Peters was very early on. He said that they blue sky everything. So they did talk about Alan Taylor Donson, but ultimately decided, you know what, this Evan Peters thing, if we can pull it off, this is going to be the right thing for the show. But the other thing he said is exactly what you're saying, that they felt like if they're going to do weekly TV shows, this is their chance to try to create weekly conversation the same way that they do weekend conversation when they release a movie. So he and was by next year, there'll be a Marvel TV show every week and a TV and a, a feature film every weekend. So it truly will be our entire lives. Oh, my God. I love it. Bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm dying. <laughs> but I respect that. I respect the fact that they were very specific about we want to give people something to talk about between the episodes. And I think that's really nice. Um, the other thing that I really liked about this episode that I'm curious to get your take on, this is the one that hit me emotionally the hardest. Like, there were a couple of times where I got really teared up in this episode, and I haven't felt that same way throughout the show, but uh, now it has enough weight, not just with the movies in the MCU, but also with the TV show, that I feel like we've appropriately gotten to that place. Yeah, and I, what I also give them credit for is 
they this story like this the format or the structure of it like is pretty like we could see that coming once the episode started but they do a great job of sort of like uh upsetting our expectation like when um when wanda finally sees the vision's body in hayward's lab you think oh this is it she's gonna lose it and i just love the choice they had of her like touching his head and being like there's nothing of him here i don't feel him here um, and then walking off and like, oh, it's not it. And then we see her emotional breakdown at the in Westview at the lot where they the house they were going to build. And that so that hits just so much harder because they they got us one one step later. And again, with same thing with the um, the parents, like you think you're going to get this nice, um, quote unquote, vision of uh, her childhood life. And then it's upset immediately. Uh, heartbreaking. They didn't even have to show us the actual like parents loss them being gone it was just we see wanda instantly sort of fixing her trauma with her powers yeah that was the first one that really got me specifically yeah. because we know the stark bomb is so when they have that pause where she's watching the sitcom i was like oh it's coming oh this is so sad and just having her and pietro under the bed with the bomb knowing that we've heard this story but never seen it before awful the the other a uh, scene that I thought was really wonderful. We didn't get a lot of vision in this episode. Obviously, there's a big reveal with the vision at the end of the episode that we should probably talk about at some point. But uh, the scene post Age of Ultron, probably like concurrent with Civil War, right before they've really started their uh, relationship or anything like that, um, I thought was great. Yeah. Just the stuff that they're talking about there, about grief being another form of love, I thought was really smart and pointed and very nice. Yeah, and it really it made their romance real. And I, I'm assuming in the last episode we're going to get a, a lot of that sort of payoff or feel how they actually feel for each other. But this was such a great little – because we've never really seen too much of this. In the mm -hmm. movies we got with them together – um, and just like fighting, <laughs> but never <laughs> did we see them like have any sort of real super sweet moments since it was just the high emotion of the them being together and then the loss. So this was really great. I think it really helped set up what I assume is going to be the big emotional payoffs next episode. Yeah, I agree. And to that point, I think uh, a lot of Marvel fans all along have been like an Emmy for Elizabeth Olsen, which... She's great. She's been doing a great job. Uh, everything is super fun, but I haven't necessarily felt that. I think this, if anything, is the Emmy submission episode for her because right. there's so many different emotions and modes that she walks through here. Well, and then they're going to obviously submit for the rabbit for um, the pet, uh, the pet Emmys um, for yeah. um, eating that. Which are on the CW, I believe. Yep, yeah, 100%. Uh, for eating that <laughs> fucking bug. That rabbit eats bugs. Uh, I guess Gross. rabbits eat bugs. I had a rabbit. But I don't remember it eating flies. Uh, good. I thought you were going to say, I guess rabbit eat bugs. I guess I had a rabbit. I fed it bugs all the time. <laughs> I'm a sociopath. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, should we talk about some of these retcons here? Because this yeah. is a big, big change to Wanda, her origin, what we get here. Like we talked about, Agatha, straight up witch, at the sale of witch trials, sucked her whole yeah. coven dry. Suck the coven. Suck hey, the coven. welcome to Marvel Vision in the morning. We got a sucking coven today, and we're going to be here in the Marvel Vision. Mm, uh, I'm sucking up my coven right now. <laughs> uh, that's coffee, my, my man. Um, I thought this opening scene was great. 
Wow. I got the Disney, Disney Plus mug. Disney Plus mug. Really <laughs> compromising your journalistic integrity uh, to kick off this breakdown of the episode. Yeah, nothing That's... more. I'll tell you what, nothing more journalistic than a Marvel podcast that we excited comic book fans <laughs> woke up early in the morning to do. It's just very funny. That was like a Wayne's World moment of the person reviewing the thing being like, cheers, Disney Plus. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought this opening sequence was great. Uh, Catherine Hahn, I was imagining them filming this, and she's being zapped by a bunch of invisible CGI energy. And she has to play the like the pain of it and then instantly switch it to like, ha-ha, I got you. I'm sucking you dry, Coven. Now, uh, why is that? Because I had that thought pretty much all episode two. Maybe it's because Catherine Hahn comes from indie films and is sort of known as like this quirky background or foreground potentially person, but we haven't seen her in a big budget thing like this necessarily. Maybe that's it, but it's definitely all episode. I was like, man, it's great that they got Catherine Hodd to do this. Well, I also think she's just really good. And the Mm -hmm. energy she brings, she brings this sort of the meme going around the winking energy um, to so many of her roles where it feels like she's looking at us being like, isn't it crazy? I'm in this movie and TV show. (laughs) I'm acting here. And, and I think that's what it is. The fact that she gets to, she has a real like uh, audience surrogate power um, uh, to her. And it, she's just great to watch. And she's even, despite the fact that she's playing big in this episode, yeah. she's like, every line is like, well, my pretty, I certainly have <laughs> captured you this time. And, and, and she still lands it. And like, even at the end when she's in full, like, Hairstyled witch regalia. Oh my god, those eyebrows were out of control. I mean, I got them right here, so I'm pretty psyched to see them on screen. (laughs) This is the first time you've seen yourself on screen. I've really seen myself, (laughs) my brow. Uh, Yeah, so she was great. Love the walkthroughs here. Um, The big retcon with with Wanda, I was about to say Scarlet Witch, is that she had these witch powers all along. And the mind. You love saying all along. By the way, ever I, since I last time, all along. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Believe me, I've seen the tweets, Alex. We we, we know is, you like it. It I like it. I enjoyed the song. It really is like my resting state now is Agatha all along playing in my head, and it's driving me a little insane. It's deadly. That's deadly. But uh, yeah, but Wanda was had these witch powers from the beginning. That's what Agatha is kind of walking her through, and the Mind Stone really only amped them up quite a bit. What do you think about that retcon? I mean, that's mutant, right? I think it's, it's being a mutant. Uh, I tech. I mean, it is. It feels weird to say that. Like, is this it? But it, it is in the comic books. That's what it is. Like, your powers come to you. I mean, we didn't get to see Quicksilver be very fast here, mm-hmm. um, and his youth. But, uh, but I do think this could easily be it. It's not. It's not a. It's what they showed us. They just didn't tell us. Well, for those who don't haven't read the comics, and this has certainly changed a lot through X Men and Marvel continuity. But initially, it was always like this puberty thing around the age that Wanda and Pietro are when the bomb hits. There's a stressful situation, and it activates your powers. That it is this metaphor for puberty. Again, it's been a lot of different things throughout the years. But I think that's what you're hitting on here, Justin. And I, I think that's kind of what they do, like you're saying, without saying it. Um, it's interesting if they call it witch powers or something like that yeah. instead of mutants. I mean, there's a, what is it? 1608 is the Neil Gaiman book where they call it the witch mark or the witch hex yeah. or something like that instead of mutant powers. But I don't know how you explain Quicksilver. If you're going right. to... 
if you're going to do this for Wanda, it doesn't make sense for him to have witch speed or whatever. So I think uh, like a witchy amount of speed. That so was I a th- weird thing, I think. I think probably for story reasons, keeping it focused on WandaVision, they did, and didn't get into it too much. But I agree with you. I was definitely in that scene where Wanda came in and was like, her witch powers are calling out the Mind Stone. Here it goes. Wait, what happened with Pietro when he walked yeah. in there? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and or or maybe they didn't put him in that room. I don't know. Yeah, th- there were a, a little questions there, but I, I I don't think they could even at all touch on them because it would have been too much of a distraction, both story wise and also getting us into all these questions of of like what does this mean for for the the X Men in the Marvel universe, and even if they will start to classify Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch as mutants going forward. Well, the other thing that it does really nicely is it reminds us that. Scarlet Witch and Vision's powers are tied together by the Mind Stone, which they've been kind of bumping around a little bit. They certainly mentioned it a couple of times, but it gives out that very clear line. And honestly, I was thankful for that because this is a very stupid thing. But I constantly find it confusing that Loki's scepter, which was blue, was holding the Mind Stone, which is yellow. And they did a good job of just being like, Remember this, guys. I know this is weird, but we made this movie before we had it really figured out what we were doing. Like someone, <laughs> someone in VFX was like, "Let's make this staff blue," and they were like, "Cool, I love how it looks." And then later they were like, "Fuck, it has to be the Mind Stone. <laughs> what are we gonna do here?" Um, and so I appreciate that it like it cracks, and we see a vision of the vision um, uh, through the yellow of the Mind Stone. Now let me throw this out to you: um, Does this mean? Does this call into question their feelings for each other at all? Hmm. The fact that uh, the vision is made f- is the Mind Stone and she was influenced by the Mind Stone here. Is is it real love they have between them or is it just the Mind Stone connection acting on, on her? Oh, emotions? that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about that. I, I think it's real love. I think we got to kind of go with that at this point. But certainly that Mind Stone could have created some sort of initial connection with them because usually you don't fall in love with a robot. Uh, true. I mean, I've been in and out of a lot of robot-based relationships, but that's just me. But I also sort of encountered right. them. Well, they, they were all they were all like, not love. Like you never 100%. said the big L word. I know exactly. We didn't get that far, mm-hmm. especially in robot uh, robot years. But I do think that's an interesting question that could be posed because I agree with you. Like we obviously want them to have a real relationship, real love. Uh, but I think um, that's maybe something to call into question. Whatever mm-hmm. the villain, whoever the villain ends up being in this uh, series, because um, I do think, despite you, all the Agatha, you really love, think there's somebody else other than Agatha. I mean, I don't want to like when in the scene with Hayward when he's pushing Scarlet Witch with the vi- body of the Vision, he's clearly pushing her into a trauma reaction moment. Like he's not just being like. Oh no! You've seen you've seen our our horrible experiment. He is pushing her to crack there. Uh, I think, and maybe I'm reading too much into the scene. Like, did you not think that? Because the way he's talking to her and the way he's like, "Go ahead, go down there, touch it." Like it was like this person is doing this purposefully. Uh, I could see that. I don't. I don't think he's an ultimate big villain. I know you've been on the Hayward beat pretty much this entire time. I do think he's still a corporate dick, but. He's not able to activate Vision, right? Maybe Scarlet Witch will be able to do that. That's potentially why he's pushing her there. Maybe he does want her to crack so he can throw her into custody and then dissect her as well. I really think he is just corporate dick straight out of the movies, and that's pretty much it. 
So then let me ask you this. Um, this is like getting into the meta outside of the show commentary, but a couple of the actors have said, oh, there's this big actor who we're going to see in the series. So you're telling me you don't, don't think that's happening? Or no, that was... I'll tell you what I think is happening there. That was Paul Bettany specifically was like, there's an actor I've always wanted to work with. We have some really, I don't think he used the word meaty, but some really meaty scenes that we have together. I think the actor he was talking about was Paul Bettany. Oh, really? I, I That is 100% my theory right now. I don't think we're going to get another cameo. The reveal at the end of the episode of the mid-credits, which we could probably get more into the comic book arch is this, but Hayward has been able to rebuild Vision's body, as we saw. He is activating it using the hex energy from that Scarlet Witch uh, left on the drone that he sent in yep. a couple of episodes back. And we get this white vision reveal, this evil vision, if you the will. The ghost vision. Ghost wow. vision. Uh, and that's straight out of, uh, there was a arc called Vision Quest from West Coast Avengers by John Byrne. I think it was issues 42 to 50. Uh, I did double check that. I wrote that down wow. off of the volume. But, but that gives us like two very clear things that they pulled on for the series. There's one, there's the at least for me as a kid, iconic shot of vision all spread out on a table uh, that he's been dissected as Wanda discovers him. They rebuild him. He comes back without color. He's completely white. He doesn't have any of his memories. And Wanda has just had kids. So that, and you probably love this, Justin, clears the way for Wonder Man to profess his feelings for Wanda. Yes, Uh, because the vision is like an emotionless uh, ghost, essentially. Yeah, he's like... yeah, and he's like, I have no interest in my family. Go ahead, date Wonder Man. We have the same brain patterns. It's complicated. Don't worry about it. Yeah, don't ask us any follow-up questions about that. <laughs> but I like Wonder Man as a character. He, in the in, in the comics, he's also been powered up in sort of the same way that Scarlet Witch has um, in, in this series. So I don't know if there's any real appetite for Wonder Man out there in the world. The the famously an actor who's also a superhero. Come what? on. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but to that point, when we get that reveal at the end of the white vision, um, evil vision, ghost vision, whatever you want to call him, I, I think what we were talking about going to this last episode, I don't think we're going to suddenly have Al Pacino pop up as Mephisto or anything like that. I think it's Paul Bettany finally getting to act opposite Paul Bettany, and he was tricking everybody the entire time. Wow. It was Bettany all along, is what mm-hmm. you're saying. Great cameo. I mean, that's fucked up if he's going to get away with saying that about himself. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like there's going to be a one more reveal. You really don't yeah. think so? No, I, I, don't get me wrong. I think we're still going to have... This is Marvel. Like, yeah. There's going to be another reveal. I think we still have, if we want to talk about the stuff after the episode, and there's still plenty to talk about in the episode, but uh, we got Monica and Jimmy out there outside the hex working with Goodner. Oh, sorry. Monica's inside Monica's the, in the hex. Monica's yeah. in the hex. She's been taken by Fiatro. Really photon didn't powers. appreciate them pushing that hashtag, to be honest with you. This isn't Riverdale. You can't do that. Wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> uh, strong interconnection multiverse of madness of our podcasts. But yes. uh, but uh, so she's in there. We don't know what's going on with her. Jimmy is outside with Major Goodner and the rest. Uh, Hayward obviously is planning an attack with White Vision. Uh, and then you have Darcy is with Faux Vision. Like he's not even real. He was created inside the hex. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff going on there to throw another character into the mix. I think is a lot given how much focus we've had on the characters of the show so far. But I do think we're going to see like 
Doctor Strange by the end of the show, right? Showing up and being like, hey, you got to come over here. We got to take this book and figure out uh, what's going on or something like that. Um, so you, you think we're going to get Doctor Strange is the reveal. See, to me, that feels... Um, I understand why that makes a lot of sense, but that's not even a surprise reveal at this point because we all know that Doctor Strange is like the next chess move here. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying is like we were talking about right at the beginning, I don't think uh, they're not as much as we've been dissecting the show and looking for surprises and there have been some really fun twists. A lot of the stuff is very predictable, like very purposely show I keep going back to, what was it, the second episode where they talk about the magic trick and they say you got to lay it out for everybody. you got to show them what the workings are so that they know. And I think that was giving away the whole structure of the show. Yeah. But uh, on the other side of the magic trick, um, it can't just be like, and that's everything I just told you I was going to do. (laughs) But uh, there's usually a surprise in there somewhere. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll see somebody else show up. But uh, I think bringing in Doctor Strange for the end makes sense. We'll have, obviously, a post-credit scene or two. I think, frankly, given that they've been doing mid-credit scenes for the last two episodes, I guess, we're probably going to see an actual end-credit scene after that, teeing up. Doctor Strange 2 or Spider-Man 3 or something like that, uh, that wouldn't be too much of a surprise. Um, maybe even um, 3. I don't know. Maybe we'll see multiple post-credit sequences. I mean, that's that's the real Marvel way. Yeah, just really surprise people. Uh, maybe a Falcon and Winter Soldier will show up and be like, we got a series next, two weeks yeah. from now. <laughs> Stick around, guys. Much Stick less on we'll the mysteries. It. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we should probably talk about. Uh, do we want to go through talk about other Easter eggs and things? Yes, it is almost Easter, and I know uh, it's time to to start finding last year's stinky old eggs. Uh, so one thing I did want to mention uh, just for the previous episode, two things we missed a little bit that people pointed out in the YouTube comments in particular. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, by the way, we also have a visual YouTube version of this. If you're watching yes. on YouTube, you already know that. Nice job. You get the added bonus to seeing my children's bunk beds in their extensive book collection right here. <laughs> Let's not forget about this cute-ass lion. Ooh. Two things we missed, though. Uh, the opening credits we called about as the office credits, and the theme music was the office, but they were actually straight up off of happy endings, which is yes. something we didn't quite pick up on. There's also a quick shot in the middle there of some very ransom-style letters saying, Juan, do we know what you are doing? Which, in retrospect, is weird and i'm not 100 sure what was going on there yeah i mean i wonder whose point of view that's from is right. that a uh, sword uh, style observation is that um someone in the town um is it a further reveal that we haven't gotten to it might be the town i mean we didn't really talk about this yet but there's this great sequence where wanda drives into westview it's a piece of shit, New Jersey town. Wow, Alex. <laughs> it really take. is. Everybody's so sad there. They're having a bad time. They are having a bad time, uh, but Mustache is mm-hmm. um, giving piano lessons, so he's, he's still bringing the music. The postman, who we've been very suspicious of, turns out to be a pizza delivery boy. Yeah. And then I know. Just, after all that, he's just like, nope, just bringing a calzone to some sucker. <laughs> and then Mrs. Hart is also there. She's sitting looking very sad at a cafe. So we get a, a couple of senses of them, uh, which I thought was interesting. Um, other stuff uh, that I wrote down is like not necessarily Easter eggy things, but I thought were interesting. We get the switch to the purple Marvel logo 
at the beginning to tee up Agatha back in Salem, 1693. I like the little twist of that scene, too, of everybody gathering her up and then who turns out to be her mom saying, are you a witch? Well, good, (laughs) basically. That was a nice little twist on that sort of scene. That was Uh, just a great scene in general. I mean, I think talking about the switch from Agatha, Agatha Harkness in the comics is just like sort of an old uh, grandma who's like, well, this is a problem. And um, in the show, she is super powerful and uh, like a real villain, I think. I love the line where she says, please, I can be good. And her mom says, no, you can't. And then tries to shut her down. What do you think they were trying to do? Were they trying to kill her? Were they trying to bind her? What do you think was happening in that scene? I think they were. I mean, if she was able to suck their powers out, I feel like, yeah, it was like she the other witches were sort of going to. Uh, suck her powers out and vanish her, like basically kill her. I, to me, it was like, oh, they're burning her at the stake. If this was the Salem witch trials, it wasn't actually humans trying witches. It was witches trying witches. Yeah. And one, one witch um, uh, remains supreme. Yeah. Uh, we get uh, a little glimpse. I wrote this down. Uh, we get a little glimpse of runes. I'm not a really big rune guy, so I couldn't necessarily read them, but there was one. Okay, you seem like a rune guy. I know. Here, if you look over there, I have my uh, rune lab. I don't know what it is. That's I'm a sorry. pornographic drawing uh, uh, that you have on your wall. The There was clearly an M logo was one of those runes. I, it might have been a typical rune. It wasn't like straight up House of M logo, which is something that's mildly inspired the show. But that seemed pretty blatant to me that to have that big yes. M there either for mutant or for Magneto or something like that. Again, might just be an Easter egg versus a clue. But uh, I thought that was pretty obvious. What's the difference between an Easter egg and a clue, really? A clue is something that indicates an upcoming plot Going point. Forward. An Easter egg is just a fun thing that is there. Hmm. Very fine line, I think, in this show. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't celebrate Easter, but Easter eggs usually just lead to nothing, right? No, I've solved a lot of murders based on oh, the okay. stuff I found. I solved. Let me just say I've solved a lot of murders. <laughs> okay. Like too many for a normal person, you know? Mm. Uh, also, we got a couple of shout outs to the comics. Uh, we got Wanda did a probability hex, which is something yep. that she does in the comics. Also, by the end, we find out that she has chaos magic, which is, again, something that she messes around with way too much in the comic books. Um, also, an interesting note, I thought we kind of speculated what was going on with the commercials. Yes. That maybe the commercial people were her parents. They're not her parents. No, I think, and I, they do a good job of illustrating that in this episode, that they were just those traumatic moments. Like, I love the way when the red light starts to flash in the um, on the missile, the Stark bomb, uh, I was like, yes, direct connection to that first episode, the commercial there, and the stress of that combined with the like, oh, you're feeling her stress from watching that commercial version of it in that, uh, that first episode, I thought was was great. But I guess then the commercial people are just more people trapped in Westview at this point. Yeah, I, I guess that's probably um, on a logistic point of view. But I guess for me, the commercials then are sort of the the hurt or broken parts of her psyche mm-hmm. as a as a break from the, the part that she's made beautiful, uh, how she wants. It's the darker part emerging um, in the middle of it. A uh, couple Just of like other... how commercials are evil parts of television. Who exactly. Yeah, that's what I, I have my TiVo. So I can skip the commercials. You're a witch, in a way. Uh, absolutely. A That's witch. their tagline, right? Yeah. Hey! Now you're a witch. 
the other little club little things we didn't really talk about uh, the sitcoms. We were, I think, correct about that that she used to watch them in Sokovia, and yeah. that's exactly where that comes from. That's her comfort place. That's why she goes there with the hex, which I thought was great, and I love seeing the scenes for the people who didn't really pick up on the one-to-one of like the Dick Van Dyke show or Malcolm in the Middle. But all of those scenes are straight up in the show. Uh, there's one scene with a doll. That doll is in there at some point. The thing with, uh, what's his name, Brian Cranston getting, watching yeah. the thing collapse. That was in one of the opening credits as well. So all that stuff is right there. I thought that was great. Um, I also love from the MCU perspective that they layered in the Avengers music in this episode, which we haven't yeah. really heard, which was pretty cool and fun. Um, and I, I think that's all I wrote down. Did you have anything else you wanted to chat about? I think that covers a lot of, um, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's every, I think we touched on it just sort of, as we went around. Did I mention that the rabbit eats bugs? <laughs> God. What do you uh. think's going on? Is Senor Scratchy, is he just a familiar? Is that it? Or is he Al Pacino as Mephisto? He's Al Pacino. He's 100%. Al Pacino. 100%. Last shot of the show is going to be Senor Scratchy saying, Hoo-ah! Yeah. Well, you didn't think I'd be here, did you? <laughs> I can go into any role. I was the yeah. devil once. Now I'm a rabbit. I was also the bug. ha <laughs> 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 Before we wrap up here, what is on your vision board for the final episode of WandaVision, Justin? What do you want to um, see? I think we're going to get a massive fight. I think we're going to see Monica Rambeau really come into power, setting her up for um, uh, Captain Marvel 2. Um, I'm very curious where we end um, up with for Scarlet Witch. I feel like perhaps she's going to be lost in... Um, oh, one other thing I want to talk about. We got the word Nexus last episode, mm -hmm. which it doesn't touch on really anything in Wanda's past. So that makes me feel like it's sort of where we're going. Is Star Scarlet Witch going to be lost in the Nexus, uh, Nexus of all realities? Um, um, potentially. I mean, I, yeah. I think we talked about that the last episode. I think something, some sort of, like you're saying, uh, maybe it's a movie-length episode, potentially. Maybe we get some enormous fight. They certainly teased that it's one of the biggest things Marvel has ever done. Maybe a tear. that is the thing that actually tears a hole in the fabric of reality that sends off all this multiverse stuff in Doctor Strange 2 and Spider-Man 3. So we're not really dealing with that in the show, but the after effects of what happens with the Agatha and Wanda battle is potentially the thing that leads to that. The other thing that I think we kind of glanced over a little bit that I think is super important for the last episode is the WandaVision relationship. Like, I think we're yeah. the big thing that we're going to get is this now we know non-real Vision, who was created by Wanda in the Hex, is going to have to tell her, let me go. You have to let go and move on with your life. You have to move past this grief. So I think we'll have potentially white Vision going forward, in some way, but it's not going to be the Wanda vision relationship we know. And Wanda is then going to go forward throughout the movies. Yeah. I'd be curious if, if the vision will, will stick around. I like the idea that the, the ghostly vision is, uh, is a character that we encounter more. I feel like that emotional sadness. I feel like every time we'll see him, we'll be like, ah, oh, shit, they were so happy when they were in TV. <laughs> uh, so that, and I still do think we're going to get one more reveal. Despite your Paul Bettany theory, and I know you're riding high because you got previously on right, 
but I do think that we'll get that. Did you have another um, theory you want to drop in? Uh, just about the board? title of the episode, I'll throw it out there. Again, I have this really good track record of 25%. Cocky, cocky, cocky <laughs> confident. But I think depending on what direction we go, it could be one of two titles for the last episode. I think either we'll see We'll Be Right Back if there's a little bit of a dot, dot, dot at the end of the episode, or alternately it'll be This Ends Our Broadcast Day. Wow. I will say, I think um, Be Right Back or We'll Be Right Back is really nice. Uh, also, as a reference to the Black Mirror, like one of the best Black Mirror episodes mm-hmm. um, that they've made. The big thing on my vision board, though, I, I know we're kind of going far afield of this very set section of the show. Yes, the vision no, board I know. Section. We've really, really format breaking mm-hmm. this episode. Uh, but the big thing I do want to see is the emotional catharsis here. Like, even more than the superhero fights and Agatha going meadow a meadow with Wanda and Ghost Vision going against Hex Vision or whatever we want to call him. I think the big thing is I want to see what happens with Wanda and Vision. We also didn't talk about Billy and Tommy at all. Like, yeah. the implication right now is if Vision can't survive outside the hex, neither can Billy and Tommy, but I don't think that's true. I think we're going to see a reveal of teenage, quote-unquote, Billy and Tommy by the end of this, and that's going to be one of the big things that spurs us into somewhere down the road, several years, Young Avengers, but I I think we're going to get an actor reveal for both of them here. And I bet we're going to get, yeah, the post-credit sequence will be them sort of being either placed placed for adoption or being separated and put into different lives. And we're going to just know who they are, Um, really setting that sort of long-term Easter egg for Young Avengers. And that is it for Marvel Vision. We have one more episode here. We're going to get up even earlier and make Pete wake up even earlier, get into even weirder places when we tape the episode, so that's going to be very exciting. But if you want to support us, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come back out. We would love to chat with you about WandaVision. iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and to listen to the show. If you'd like to rate and comment on iTunes in particular, that would be much appreciated. We would love that. We love it. Love it. Socially, Marvel Vision Pod on Twitter. <laughs> Instagram and Facebook. (laughs) Well, right here for the end of the episode is Pete. What's up? I made it. I'm awake. (laughs) Hey, Pete. What are we doing? What's up, man? Uh, How you doing? uh, I was just doing the wrap-up. Oh, man. How about that WandaVision, huh? (laughs) What's on your vision board, Pete? Uh, You know what? A new alarm clock? It was Agnes all along. (laughs) (laughs) She snuck in and pressed your snooze button. Wait, As real usual. quick, because we are wrapping up the episode, but I want to know your thoughts. Did you actually watch it, Pete, or did you just wake up and get on the zoo? Uh, I woke up, and I tried watching, uh, and then I got a Zoom invite. So I saw a very witchy beginning. That's good. Man, Salem witch trials were real, guys. It's <laughs> a good takeaway right there. Thanks for tuning in, Pete. Thanks for jumping in. Always good to see you. We'll, uh, we were just talking about this, but next week we're going to wake up at 3 a.m., so we'll just... We uh, simply must. Might as well. I mean, what's the difference? <laughs> yep. Justin, um, you were covered in adorable things. This is a lovely yeah. image of you. Yeah, just me. In and the, the color pink. Yeah, 
great. This is great. I'm really glad we wrapped up like this. Comicbookclublive.com <laughs> for this podcast and many more. Until next time, set your alarm, folks. Set your alarm, guys. It's worth it's not, making up. You've got to turn up the volume as well. You can't just set the alarm. Mm-hmm. The volume's important sometimes. Mm-hmm.